Hey, Sam. Hey, Teresa. What's up? Um, not much. Just getting ready to flee the country. Why are you fleeing the country? Um, we're going to Iceland. We're going to Iceland. <laughs> yeah. Two virgins in Iceland could not get better than that. Right, Sam? We're, yeah, we're just going to meet Bjork. Yep. <laughs> just two virgins in Bjork in Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> um we'll try to catch her on episode 80 maybe um see if she's down <laughs> but we're super excited to go to iceland and for today's episode because we will be interviewing the incredible chicago rapper samir truth over a glass of grape juice great let's get into it So today we chose grape juice because we're kind of just going through all of the juices and we somehow skipped over grape juice, I think, because it's just like the most obvious juice choice. Um, Also, I think like a kind of controversial juice because of how many different ways you can have grape juice Um, and like the amount of sweetness and all that. But I think grape juice is always a solid juice choice. I don't like artificial grape flavoring normally so the more it has i love like the welch's grape juice because it doesn't taste fake but when you have that like really fake tasting like concord like grape juice that's when i really stopped liking it i feel like i don't remember the last time that i like bought grape juice it's just like if like if it's like a party setting or like a family gathering type of situation I usually feel like like grape juice just doesn't fit into either of those categories I feel like you either reach for like the orange juice or the apple juice um I like grape juice I hate the grape flavor for like the Welch's like fruit like fruit chew things you know what I mean that's like my least favorite flavor and that's what I associate with grape juice but the juice itself I have no problems, no problems with grape juice. Yeah, so definitely very hit or miss. Probably gets like a seven out of 10 from both of us. But we're going to move on to our interview today because we're really excited to have on a really unique artist named Samira Truth, who just dropped her newest project, I Got Bands for the Moon Landing. Um, It's a project full of... um, very like soulful and warm production and lyrics that talk a lot about escapism and kind of getting out of your own head into another world. Teresa, what do you think of the project? Um, I thought it was really awesome. And um, I really love the Cosmo space themes um, of this album and particularly um, the album art. I think it's like so beautiful but also like reminds me of the moon emoji in like the best way um and yeah we love Samira Truth also she's from Chicago always shout out Chicago um and we're really excited to interview her about um this album the influence that Chicago has had on her art um and yeah great should we call her up right now yeah let's call her up right now um we're good i just maybe woke up like 30 minutes ago me too that's what my camera is off i'm like do y'all mind that 
no, no, no whatever that's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you calling from Chicago or somewhere? Yeah, else? I am. Well, actually, our first question is about Chicago. So maybe that can kind of go into what we're talking about today. Did you mind if we started asking a couple questions? Yeah, not at all. I don't mind. I don't mind. Okay, awesome. So, I mean, you have such a unique style. And I know that you grew up kind of in the U Media space in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, how did U Media affect your artistic journey? Oh, my God. I love U Media. And I think that if any place was my origin story, origin, whatever, <laughs> it would have to be U Media. So I'm so happy you brought it up. Um, Umedia was right next to my high school. I went to Jones College Prep and I um I think it was freshman orientation like it's like a couple weeks before you start you do like freshman connection that's what they called it and they brought us to Umedia and I just fell in love because they had a studio that you could use for free like you had an hour to yourself you could just use the music studio however you want it they also had like resources like if you needed to make a shirt for a project you could do that if you needed to do video stuff for a project like you could just go to your media so I fell in love I think immediately when I went in there um the mentors were amazing like I don't know what their hiring process was for between the years of 2014 and 2018 but they were such amazing staff that they really cared about us any any student that came in it was students from all over like around the school's downtown but I don't know they I think the constant mentorship and the love that I would receive really like was burrowed into me I did um louder than a bomb I don't know if y'all familiar with that um competition but I did louder than a bomb or all four years the first three years I did it with the Umedia team so my um my mentor Jennifer Steele she like really transformed how I wrote how I executed my art like I love her so much and I think doing the poetry competition really shaped how I could perform and how I learned how to perform and then also um, we had a mentor named Marsalis Lovelace who did the hip-hop mentorship and we did a little bit of like hip-hop history but then also he created a podcast that I hosted and it's very hip-hop based podcast so like that kept me busy throughout like my whole high school years. So I don't know, I could go on and on about you media, but it changed my life because it gave me resources that I wouldn't have had um, any other way. And it just, uh, that studio time really did some, it did some. <laughs> no, that's like awesome. And yeah, I could, yeah. Well, you media, I feel like every, most people in Chicago involved in the arts know about, um, and that's awesome to hear such great things. I know that now, though, you do a lot of work like in New York and across the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I was just wondering what that transition from like growing up in like a space like you media in Chicago and like working now, like do you find yourself influenced by the sounds in like both Chicago and New York or like what was that transition like towards like the East Coast? Um, I think my original connection with the East Coast started through SoundCloud. <laughs> I, I think it was like 2016 and I was listening to like a lot of these, like, I think I didn't know at the time, but New York based people on SoundCloud and they didn't have, I also was making music around that time too. Small buzz, but you know how nobody really knew about me outside of like my circle. So 
um, one day I think I DM'd somebody that I was like, I really liked your song. And they were, we just started becoming friends and we started talking and they were like, I'm in New York. And I was like, oh, I'm in Chicago. And um, that kind of created like a spiral of um, people we knew and connections. And that person, I'm not gonna say their name cause we're not friends no more and I'm not trying to be associated, but um, the person in New York introduced me to their friend, David, and David created like a mini label. So for a second, I was in like a little collective in New York, still based in Chicago, but just like, it was called Frida. And I met like five or six other artists and it kind of started from there. <clears throat> and my friend Mims, who I'm still friends with to this day and my main connection out there, we created like a project and we just kind of like, I would collab with them like virtually until I finally got to meet some of the people in 20, I think 18 when I graduated. So um, throughout my whole half my high school career, whatever, I was taking or just like feeding off of the New York folks virtually. I was like, okay, this I love this sound. It connects with me in some way. I don't know why, but it connects with me. And to have like a few people out there, it just makes sense to kind of like mesh those sounds and to kind of um, build a build with those these people who are kind of my same age and just just make music and yeah <laughs> I hope that answer your question yeah no that totally answers it and I think you hear a lot of that blend in your production and I know that you produced uh, a lot of the songs on um, the new project and I was wondering mm-hmm. is that is that um, normal for you or did that feel comfortable for you I think I always produced here and there since the beginning, but over last summer and like kind of in main quarantine or just like when a lot of like protests were going on, whatever, I think I made it more intentional to sit in the house and play around with beats and samples and whatever. And knowing what I know from like my friends or, you know, just pull up that FL demo and just kind of went crazy (laughs) and just kind of played um so it wasn't fully uncomfortable for me because I always been doing it but I think it was the first time I was like okay this kind of sounds good and somebody can kind of rap over this so so yeah it was it was kind of comfortable kind of not yeah I mean it definitely sounded great um but I was wondering is how does um like did you have a certain vibe that you were going for coming to this project or did you know that you wanted beats to sound a certain way to fit this style or was it more you were just rapping over whatever that you created and thought was best yeah I think um at first I was kind of just going willy-nilly like I would um make like a beat or just play with a sample and be like this sounds a little off but it sounds good to me and I think I just kind of, after a while, collected a USB full of samples that I wanted to return back to and little like 30 second um, sample chops that I I think turned into loops. So it was very, it wasn't like, oh, I want this to be a part of the project until I probably started to put it together stuff. Because I had a lot of things in the tuck for probably a year so I think for me, I was like, okay, this sounds like it goes together. And this sounds like it goes together. So boom, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> That's what we're gonna put it together. 
sorry. Um, no, it's okay. I was like laughing, then I was like coughing, and then coughed. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so sort of like pivoting um to your album, I got bands for the moon landing. Mm-hmm. Um, it clearly, you know, the album is like focused on the cosmos you know, from the title to the cover to the song titles um, to like the lyrics. And we're just wondering what does like the space and the idea of the cosmos mean to you and where does that fit in into your own life? Yeah, um, I think cosmos to me, I said this in a previous interview, but really playing around with space and power in my head, I think is a constant like, little loop that goes on and on thinking about space like the different types of space so the space in your head when you're just thinking and it's like all that space your thoughts are bouncing around in your head or the space like physically like outside of yourself like when you tell somebody I need space like what that space means or like up above you what is that space entail or what do we know about that so I think just a lot of it is thinking about space and like escapism too because like when I'm very sad like wanting to escape in the space of my head and just wanting to be by myself um and wanting to kind of just listen to my own world and I think that that's what the cosmos kind of like that um theme came into play because I think a lot of people can understand like outer space like we we think we understand it and we think we like the stars the moon but like your space in your head is another thing because it's very individual it's very individualistic so yeah I think that that is kind of like my connection to like the stars or cosmos how it relates to like the smaller version of that yeah Yeah. and did that kind of come out of the last year and the pandemic or is that something that's always been with you I think it's kind of always been with me I guess probably more so in the pandemic like having existential crisis like what what is this like what's going on um kind of probably exaggerated that feeling in myself but I've always felt very I'm I'm a Gemini I'm an air sign like I'm very always very airy like very like flight of my what is it flight of the coattails whatever that saying is um just very in my head, in in my thinking things three times over. So um, yeah, I just kind of, I feel like my art just reflects that chaos and that like, it's a lot going on, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And could you kind of on the note of like the, a lot of this happening during the pandemic, could you talk about the writing process or sorry, the recording process for this album? um where was it recorded and like when around were the times it was recorded a lot of the stuff was recorded in my room (laughs) I have a mic I have a decent mic um recorded I think most of them in my room at the tip of like so we talking March April 2020 I um it was like some stuff going on in my personal life. And I was like, I have a lot of these songs to record. I'm gonna just get them out. So I recorded some of these in like a friend's house downtown. So like maybe like two or three of them. And then I was just holding on to them. The mix weren't that good. So I had to revisit them, remix them in my room. So like, 
I think most of it was recorded in my room and the final mixing process and stuff um, was in my room too. <laughs> so I got to be in my space talking about space, mixing the songs. <laughs> <laughs> like... So meta and nobody knows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then sort of along that, can you also talk to us a little bit about your writing process, like thinking especially for tracks, like I tried to meditate on the ship, you use so many different flows and like completely switch the effect on your voice a few times. Um, so like, what is the process like of like integrating writing into like the beats that you make? Um, and like, yeah, just if you could talk to us a little bit about that. Right. Um, I think this is where I would like shout out a lot of the producers in the mix. So like, um, Nate Calvin, especially on the song you just mentioned, he made that beat. And I some beats I hear and I'm like, no, like this speaks to my head, like my thoughts. Are we talking about my thoughts? This speaks to that. So what I'll do is just I'll listen to the beat and be like, what does this pull out of me? And then I'll write. I don't think when I sit down, I be like, okay, this is what I want to write about. Unless I'm really in a mood, like unless I'm really in a funk, like. But the beat carries my words. And I'm like, okay, like, like my words are like a boat. I'm just like, okay, what do I want this boat to look like? What is, what am I, what is it pulling out of me right now? What is it making me feel? So that it is a complete story. So that is a, so I think that's how I write pretty much. I'll listen to the beat. You know, this is what the beat's feeling like. This is what it's giving me. Based on that emotion, I'll write how I'm feeling or whatever that's funny that you talk about the beat guiding the process so much because one song where I feel like it's like very thematically consistent and the beat perfectly fits it is djembe slash shooting star mm-hmm. um and it's like such a departure from the rest of the project to me uh because we like get to hear a little bit of singing and it like yeah. really, <laughs> it really opens up your sound and it's also like one of the only songs that is like very like singularly focused around like love and relationships mm-hmm. and I was wondering do, do you feel like that or do you feel like love songs need a different type of voice like why did you choose to mm-hmm. mix it up on that song I think like again with beats my friend Lex made that beat and I think I had been sitting on that beat for a minute and like I probably was in love or whatever, like when I wrote that. So, and just thinking about um, my situation that I've had in love. And I'm just like, I think at a certain point, every album may need a love song. Like, even if we talk about Cheap Keith, like we need a love song, (laughs) you know? Cause I think love is the most human thing for real. And I think like that beat just felt very like, love and like kind of conflict like it switches a couple times I'm like okay like this feels like what love feels like like the the constant like battle back and forth like don't play in my head like a jimbe or just rapping like seduction I don't know just a lot it's all over the place and that's what love is so (laughs) that's that's I think that love always everybody experience it so everybody can speak on it that's how I feel I um I love that description. Do you have a favorite Chief Keith love song? 
Love Sosa. <laughs> You're like, duh. <laughs> That's basically a love song, though. We're gonna... <laughs> a love song to himself. Like right, that. right, to himself. And that's another form of love, so shit. Sosa. <laughs> um, sort of, I guess, like, thinking about your experience with love, etc. You talk also a couple of times about like self-reflection in general Mm -hmm. um and just like either with this album in particular or just in making music um is creating these projects a process of like self-reflection and like what do you like or what have you like taken away in the past like if that's true I think so I think for me albums are a reflection of where since a lot of the songs are sitting for a year and some change I get to look back and be like okay that's where I was this is where I am now and I think it's just always a beautiful journey to see that and to see me growing up and to even go back to like early early projects like and to be like wow I've grown and I've you can see where I've taken like um, or just been influenced by, like we talked about the New York shit, or I've been influenced by the Chicago shit. Like, I feel very, like I'm able to, in every project, look back and be like, damn, I've grown up. Like, I've grown. I've grown. Like, Or I had, like, songs way back, like, in the day where I'm like, I was a hotel. Like, if y'all know what that is, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I was really tweaking. And to just to look back even at just this project to look and be like okay like that is a lesson I've learned that is not necessarily me anymore but I've like pushed out a baby from that era and like I can look back at it I can look back and be like wow like you know so yeah I think all my projects have been a like self-reflection you know once it's all said and done I think yeah, and you just kind of talked about and brought up some how you've got taken influences from all the places that you've been kind of. And I was wondering what artists influence you most in general? Um, what artists? I always will say I hate that a lot of them are like me. Ew. But <laughs> um, MF Doom for sure. I think he was the first like hip hop artist, um, one of the first that I was like, wow, this man li- living in his own world. He doing his own thing. Like he is not afraid to to dwell into narratives, and I really like that because I think going back to you media, a lot of the mentors made a big deal of being like, where is your setting? What story are you trying to tell? even if it's not your story, like, what, where are we at, like, because I think MF Doom was really, is good at that, he's good at that, and I think that's why he's, like, a, a legend, <laughs> and this kind of, like, mythical creature we all call back to, but, um, MF Doom for sure, um, most deaf, I think, was really good with his, like, wording and his, the way he writes, but I think MF Doom, I just have to give it to him, I know it's, like, a, I feel like it's a cop-out, but no, it's not. (laughs) Yeah, and is that idea of, like, finding your setting um, still important to 
the music that you make now? Um, yeah, I was just talking to my friend about, sorry, I'm readjusting and I feel bad. So I might turn on my camera because I feel like y'all been. <laughs> oh no, it's okay. Whatever you want. <laughs> I feel bad. But <laughs> I just got my glasses on. I'm like, oh, but um, I feel like since that was my teaching, I always been taught to figure out where you are, what is your setting, da, 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 da. Like, it's always important to me to, at a certain extent, think about the narrative when I'm creating something, or at least intention, or what is my intention. So, yeah. Um, and then also just sort of pivoting to, like, performing um, live. I know that you've gone to perform a lot lately, um and yeah like what has it been like getting on stage after like uh hiatus like many other artists of like not being able to do that um so luckily for me during the like quarantine quarantine I was able to perform like virtually a lot so I think I would get to like practice through through that room but it just feels really good to like be performing frequently and be opening up for people that I'm like, wow, like, like I opened up for Mike in, um, I forgot what, in October. <laughs> and I was like, Mike was one of the people in 2016 that I was listening to. So I think it's just amazing to be performing again, but also be like, this is like my career now. Like it's no more playing around like, when I perform, it is very like curated and it's not just me playing the music and rapping no more. It's like, I'm on my SP making a story or like, I'm just giving it my all. Like I'll pray now before I get on stage. I'll pray to like my ancestors. I'll pray to, you know, whoever is looking after me. Um, but yeah, I think it feels good and it feels liberating. Was that tough for you to figure out the like stage presence and making it more than just rapping over beats or did that come pretty naturally to you? Um, since I have been doing like slam poetry, uh, workshops till, till no end, um, performing is always, you always get better. You're always learning new stuff. But I think like it has always been in me to like perform, to like draw something in myself because I'll be afraid but it's like that fear is just another like driving force for me so yeah um and then our last question is just what do you want people to sort of take away from your most recent project mm, I, I like this hard question um <laughs> I think I want people to explore their own space, like examine what that means for them. Um, I want people to just really manifest whatever they want because a lot of this project is a manifestation on its own. Like me making beats and putting it on a project that's out to the world. That's something I could only think about like a year and some change ago or like having a fully fleshed out 
project like I did, you know, I don't know. Just, I, I always have trouble with this question because I'm like, shit, I don't know, whatever they take. But um, yeah, I just want people to, I think, explore space. Um, I want people to just be inspired to me. I know that's very general, but just, I've had a lot of people come to me and be like, you really inspired me to get back on my shit and just like, da da da. And I'm just like, you know, the world is like, life is long and short. So I just want people to, to see my work and be like, I'm gonna just go do my shit. I'm just do, I'm just live in my own world and create that and express that. So yeah. For sure. No, I love that idea of finding space. And sorry, we do have one more question, yeah. um, which is just, um, what are you going to be up to? Where can people see you perform? Do you have any new music coming out? Um, what should we be looking forward to? Um, so in January, I have like two performances. If you're in Chicago, January 8th, I'm performing at Coles Bar. If you are in New York, I think January 22nd, I have a gig at Abron's like center. But yeah, I'll probably be posting about it. I love being supported on Bandcamp. I think it's one of the most organic ways you can support an artist. So check out my Bandcamp. And yeah, um, I just sold out of cassettes, but when we do another run of them, buy a cassette. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Two Virgins. We hope you enjoyed getting to know Samira Truth and check out her album, I Got Bands for the Moon Landing. You can find this episode on our website, quarantinecontent.com, or on our weekly newsletter, The Q. See you next week.